Here we are, three weeks, three weeks removed from This Is Mappa, but we're back and hopefully we'll be doing this more and more regularly. I blame myself because I can be lazy sometimes, but hey, we're back and we've had a few people asking, where's the show? Bundo. I'm like, hey, it's here. It's here. Right, I'm Stel, I've got Kiri, I've got Roy. Gentlemen, or Kiri, how are you? Because I'm not going to ask how Roy is, I speak to him every day, man. Good. Uh, good. Uh, a lot has happened, I guess, since the last time we did the pod. But um, some predictions are, are coming to fruition. Some of, some of your own predictions, uh, still. Well, they say a week is a long time in football. In Cyprus, a week is an eternity. In three weeks, woof. <laughs> Roy, buisere. What's up, boys? What's up? How are you doing? Man? Actually, how are you doing, Kiri? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask still because that's today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm I'm doing I'm doing okay. Uh, should we get into it? I mean, we might as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk. Let's talk Mappa. Yeah, let's talk yeah. Mappa because I tell you what, it has been wow. What what a three weeks it's been, boys. I, I, do you know what you, you mentioned earlier at the top of the show about how some of my predictions are seem to be coming right, and the main one is obviously um, Aek, who seems to be. Mm taking the league by storm at the moment. Here's the league table. Two points clear at the top. Abolon in second. And Ayek have been ripping teams to shreds. Five goals conceded, 15 scored. I guess when you've got Triskovsky and Matt Derbyshire in the team, anything can happen. But then again, they're getting goals from all over the pitch. And then uh, Kiri. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm surprised, but may- maybe mildly so. Like, I didn't expect them to be to be topping the league eight games in, um, but yeah, that front uh, front two. I mean, I mean, the whole team is playing well. They've sorted out sorted out some issues at the back, where you know they were weak in the previous seasons because they still had Triskovsky, obviously. Um, but yeah, it seems to have a, a more balanced display this season, at least for the time being. Like, but the thing is, they are playing like champions, and by that I mean. They're going away from home to teams like Anorthosi, who, let's be honest, they're, they're a decent team at home. And they're getting good victories and they're, they're winning convincingly. They're grinding out results against the likes of Ethnigo, who are fighting for relegation. And then you've got Cannon Fodder, Bayek, who, OK, they're ninth in the table at the moment. But if you look at their goal, goal difference, I think only Ethnigo is worse. And they're pounding them 3-0. Um, and we mentioned the, the 4-1 victory away at Abolon, your boys, uh, when we last did the show. So they're, they're looking really, really good. But can you think of any standout players for them at this moment in time? Um, I mean, obviously, Triskovsky up, up front is the, you know, I mean, he's just like such a gravitational presence, you know, up front. Even if the numbers, you know, he might not be the assister or the, or the scorer. But with him there, uh, it just makes everything kind of like flow around him. They scored some really good goals. Like, like um, it's, let me, uh, let me check. It's, it was the, oh yeah, the one against Anorthosi. One of the two goals, I, I can't remember which of the two, but it was like, okay, Anorthosi were, again, kind of like ball watching, but it was such a well-executed goal because it involved so much off the ball movement from the the front three at the time and players were moving 
not to receive the ball, but to make space for teammates. And I thought it was, I mean, that's the thing you want to see if it's your team playing, you know? Like if, you, if you're seeing such um, uh, like teamwork and uh, like sacrifice for, for, the, for the other player, obviously it's easier to be uh, less, uh, you know, self-sacrificing during an attack rather than in defense, but, you know, still. I think, I don't know if I, if I can pick any single player. I don't know if, uh, if what do you think about this? Uh, to be honest, a lot of them have, have been, uh, impressed me. I think Barrera has been good. I think the right back Rosales has been fantastic on that, you know, getting down the flank, getting balls into the box. Him and Sim Tandy obviously fighting for that right back spot. I think uh, Mamas, the midfielder, is, uh, is very good, very combative, box to box. Um, and the two central defenders, I think Tomovic and uh, Milicevic, they've been very good. But what's impressing most about Ayak and Gadala is that the head coach, first of all, he's quite inexperienced, isn't he, as a, as a head coach? And on top of that, they're changing their system game by game. You don't know if they're going to play three at the back or back four. You don't know if they're going to play three up front. Um, and on top of that, they've got, they got Romo to come off the bench, who's a, who's a brute. So they look like a very, very well-oiled machine. I don't know what you make of Ayak, Roy. To be honest, uh, I've, I've been listening to what you guys had to say very carefully and um, I, I don't disagree with anything, so I, I don't have too much to add uh, other than the fact that, you know, one of the things that I think has helped Ayak um, is the fact that the, the lights were, were never on, on Ike. You know, everyone was talking about Omonia, Abuel, Anorthosi, Abolon's comeback, you know, with the new team. No one sort of really paid attention to them. So they, they, they worked really well. They, they brought back, let's not forget that they brought back um, uh, the technical director, uh, I forgot. Roca. Right, Roca, yeah. Roca, which in his first spell with Ike, he, he did a really good job. He went to Panathinaikos. He wasn't bad at Panathinaikos, but when he came back, you know, I wasn't that sure that he would have the same high percentage, uh, especially with the players he signed. I mean, don't for, let's not forget, I think Ike and Aris were the two teams that signed the most players. I think they signed like 19 players. So uh, hats off to them because uh, what they're doing uh, is what you also mentioned earlier, that they seem like they're a team that has been playing together for a long time and not a team that's been built in the summer with 19 new signings. Obviously, they've got um, a core of players that played before together, maybe it's four or five, not too many, but still uh, they brought in experienced players who uh, used their experience to, to manage to adapt to the style of play. Um, the manager, uh, even though he's inexperienced, he seemed, even when he was, he was a footballer, that that's what he was going. He, that's what he was going to do. Because when he was playing football, he was like a, a coach in the field uh, for 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 Ike. And um, yeah, I, I think that they're deservedly uh, top of the table. And. Um, I think they're going to continue. You know, a lot of people say, I don't know when, you know, uh, 
when it gets closer towards the end, if they're, they're going to have the, the metal, you know, and the character to stay um, there and compete. But if Abuela and Omoni aren't, aren't there and they're competing against Apollo and Ael, maybe, maybe they can... Uh, it can nick it, and it's gonna be a nice, a nice story. I mean, uh, if if I wins it, I think they. Okay, I'm not gonna say they deserve it from now because there's a lot of games to be played and a lot of things can change. But uh, up until now, I think uh, they deserve to be top of the league. And uh, as I've mentioned uh, before in the in the pod, I accept a team that's very like likable. You know, uh, can I say something? Two two things really quickly. Yep. Uh, just to to bolster uh, Roy's argument about the transfers. I mean, Macris went from a, a key player to being like rotation backup. It just shows like the level of like reinforcements that came into the team. Um, and the second thing is to to to. Um, to find um, Ajax's last defeat, you have to go back to uh, May uh, 4th, for the 4th of May when they lost to Ammonia at home 1-0. Penultimate like, game of the season, last... wasn't it? Yeah, it was like the, the penultimate game of the season. Uh, I mean, they haven't lost a single game in friendlies or the league this, this uh, season so far, which yeah. is kind of crazy. I think the, the other thing we can't forget is that on the bench, two guys that aren't even starting, Agoran and Thiago, very experienced, big game players, especially Thiago. And Omonia, we, we miss him badly. Very, <laughs> there's no two ways about it. Um, but let's, let's talk about another team, guys, while we're, while we're at it, while we're talking about players and obviously the, the, the league. I'm forgetting my words, Dora. Um, Aris, who seems to be a, another surprise Package sitting in third in the table, um, 11 goals, and that's largely thanks to Stepinski. I know they lost to Aboyo a couple games ago, 1 0. Uh, another team that again is, is surprising people. That being said, I can't see them finishing any higher than, than fourth, in my opinion, because it seems that if you stop Stepinski scoring, then you stop them from scoring. Um, sorry, yeah, sorry, Kiri. Uh, no, just sorry. a second. Still, can you change my name? Because <laughs> <laughs> you got your daughter's. I don't think it comes up on the video, but Embraz, I'll change it anyway. Here we go, Roy. I'll yeah. change it to Roy. <laughs> sorry, Kiri. I just realized I'm on that. When you first asked sorry. me, I thought, what, you want me to go? To the go to the, <laughs> go to the Muhtari and ask him to change your name. Yeah, you need to ask him. Yeah, No, I was gonna say. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, Stel mentioned Stepinski. Also, Sigorski also chipped in three goals, and um, I, I don't know if it's a surprise. It might be. Uh, Matias Boyaritz has been playing really, really well for them. And I'm, I'm happy for him because, okay, obviously, Abolon fans have a connection with the Spoliaris <coughs> clan. So, you know, when, when uh, Matia was like 15 or 16, when he was at Atletico uh, you know, Madrid, we, we kind of felt like 
this weird sense of pride, even though we were thinking, oh, he'll never play in Cyprus. Um, sadly, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying sadly because to, to be a pro at whatever level is not easy. But yeah, um, actually, I was listening to the radio today and uh, Ari's uh, press officer was being interviewed. And as a side journalistic point, I was surprised at how openly he was discussing the team because I've been so used to the press officers of, of the big clubs. And I mean, we, I mean, all of us here support one, I guess. Uh, and I'm, I'm so used to them being so needlessly acidic and combative and aggressive and overly defensive of club interests that he was speaking so um, like mildly and and like almost like at a level of um, like like the way we talk and I, I was like okay pleasantly surprised and I'm, I was wondering is this what happens when you don't have a, a fan base stepping on your neck 24 7 you know uh, but that that's beside the point but they did mention like even as the as as Aris they were saying yeah we knew Matia was a really good player but yeah, he's surpassed um, sort of like expectations combined with the fact that he's been embraced um, at the club and he's found some solidity and some stability. So uh, happy to say that. And, he, you know, he is Cypriot, uh, despite the, the Serbian roots, obviously. Still 24 years old, which in Cyprus counts as a 17-year-old a in terms of like, uh, you know, talent, emerging talent. So... Uh, no, I'm. I say that to say that. Uh, glad to say to see him playing well, and you know, hopefully he continues playing well for, for Aris. But obviously, yeah, I mean, they made some huge um, investments this this summer. Uh, Stabinski was the big one, but also Danny Pacheco. Uh, I guess in terms of experience, Schindelfeld is uh, mm -hmm. is doing really well for them as well. But it seems like there's like some because the beating expectations and because it's a small family club um, it's just everything seems to be finely tuned for them at the moment like they're happy to be there happy to be enjoying the the football that they've been showing the manager seems to be uh, really well em embraced like uh, Yasus Lugar at previous club didn't enjoy that level of yeah you know like uh, happiness uh, and being welcomed by the fans. So it just seems like, yeah, things are going well for them. Mm. And they got a big, big victory at the weekend against Ael. Uh, you know, same city rivals, same stadium rivals. And Roy, again, Ael are very similar to, I'd say, I would say in terms of situation with Omonia, but Ael title uh, challenges, title favourites at the beginning of the season. They've kind of been... Uh, up and down, haven't they? Getting some good results, but as you can see, three wins, two draws, two defeats. Um, and Vozinha again proving me right against Ethnic Goz with a howler from a Dolmesis shot. Um, are they gonna turn things around and, and be the title contenders that they were until the third from last game of the season last year? Okay, just before we uh, I say my opinion about Ella, I, I like to add one player who plays for Aris that you didn't mention, is Kazu, who played uh, for Upwell and uh, the left back. Mm -hmm. He started the season playing really well. And I think uh, the last two games when he didn't play, he, um, they didn't win as well. 
And uh, I, for me, the big, biggest surprise for Maris is Yasos Lucas because I, I, I didn't expect the team to, to do that well because of, of the big names. I wasn't sure if Yasos was going to be able to manage the team so well. And... Um, excuse me. Uh, so that's uh, about Aris before I talk about ILS. Uh, the truth is that IL and Omonia are similar in the sense that they're the two teams that kept the big the core of players, even though we've said in the past that uh, IL had um, lost uh, Danilo and uh, Maem. Maem, yeah. And uh, I think nine players left because let's not forget they had uh, Avraham as well and Haris Kiriagu, who were Cypriots and played for a few years there. But you know, they seem like to be a very similar team to the one we were used to. There's no no really big surprises there. Unlike Homonia, which uh, we thought the same, but we'll jump on to that later. Um, I think that uh, IL is going to be there. I'm going to be surprised if, if they're not. I mean, if you look at the table, okay, they're sat. Uh, on 11 points, is it 11 points they've got? Uh, yeah, but with and which is yeah, against Monia. Yeah, 11 points. Yeah, yeah. 11 points, yeah. Yeah, so and they've got a game in hand, which is against Monia. Because mm-hmm. he's got a game against Pike. So, okay, both both of the teams are going gonna, gonna, are gonna to need the, the victory when they play. But I think the Monia and I will play in January, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, okay, uh, I, I think I was going to be there. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, they, they played also some, some games in, in Europe. They got disqualified early. Um, it seemed like uh, they depended a lot on Chepovic uh, scoring goals for them. And now that he's not, maybe that's uh, a bit of a, an issue. Um, Euler is having a good season as well. Uh, I, from what I'm hearing from uh, the radio station, sometimes when I'm when I'm driving, uh, IL fans are putting on the pressure on um, Gerkes as well, and I think that's unfair because Gerkes, for me, IL what IL has done the last two three seasons has exceeded the expectation. I, I think for me, IL is the most successful team. If you think of the budget, what they're having, I mean, it's, it's a professional team that's just run by the, the, the chairman and, 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 and the manager. They don't have anyone else. Like if, if you really look, they, they don't have a, a committee behind them. They don't have technical directors. They, they don't have anyone. So if it's, uh, um, what's his name? Or, it's just them two with the players and, and they're doing what they're doing. I mean, they've got one of the lowest budgets. They probably have the eighth lowest budget in the league. And uh, they've been very competitive. And they managed to sell two or three players this summer as well. And uh, you see, the thing is, you have some pleasant surprises, but there are no teams that are scary. You know, you know, you, you can't really 
say that, oh, this team, and that pisses me off more because I thought that this year Omonia would have had the chance to widen the gap between the, the other teams. And, uh, but yeah, everyone can lose from, from anyone. But I think I will be top four for sure. The thing is, if they're going to get in the top four, they need to stop throwing away points. Like I said, against Anthony Goz, they're winning. And uh, they blew that one. I think they were winning against Olympiacos as well and they conceded a penalty. Um, and they're throwing away points. The game against Addis, I didn't watch. So I can't say how they played. But a 1-0 defeat tells me it was it was a close encounter. I know they beat Anorthosi. They beat Bayek. And they trounced Buffer 4-0 on the, the opening. Uh, their, I think, was it their second game? Their first game? I think it's their first game. Their first game, yeah, because Buffalo beat uh, Upper World. That's right, Buffalo beat Upper World 4 0, and then their goal yeah, difference was completely. Yeah, yeah, so. All right, on to. Let's, let's talk about a few other teams first, very quickly. Let's go with uh, Buffalo uh, and Olympiagos. We'll go to Abolon in just a moment, Kira. I know you're itching to talk about your team, but uh, Buffalo and Olympiagos, I think both teams are very. Um, they should be proud of themselves to be in those positions right now. Olympiagos, who have lost quite a few players, they brought in a few players, but key players have left them, like Zaharu and Sati. Um, to name just a, a couple. And Buffer, again, a club who brought in quite a lot of players this summer. Um, but from what I've heard from people close to the club is that a lot of the players don't particularly like the head coach. Um, and their last game, the victory against Bayek, if I'm not mistaken, they just freestyled it. They did their own thing. That's that's insane. <laughs> I, I, I haven't this is Cyprus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but I'm I'm sure this happens elsewhere uh, as well. But I'm surprised that this has, if this is actually the case, you, you know, obviously uh, we should put uh, allegedly in front of allegedly um, exactly yep these things. Uh, but uh, in the event where this is rooted in reality, I'm surprised it has been allowed to take place. Uh, with a board that seems quite decisive uh, to to act. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. Another alleged thing I was told while I was in Cyprus, um, it was alleged that Dubov, the Buffer president or owner, whatever you want to call him, uh, loaned Abuel 4 million at the beginning of last week. Alleged. Uh, I, again, I, did, I, I think I used too strong a word before. Okay, bef before I was absurd, uh, this this is actually insane. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> again, alle allegedly, but, uh, but I can't if, tell you my I can't tell you my source. No, but I'll like, tell you. I'll tell you at the end of the show, hundred percent, no, no but, problem. But, but let's yeah. let's rephrase it. If, Alleged. Let's rephrase it. If Club A lends money to club B in the same league. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Does this go to, I don't know, European Court of Justice? Where, where do you take something like this? This is like crazy. I don't, I, I don't know. But again, it, it just would not surprise me. This is the thing. Nothing. Maybe he wanted the passport if he did. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was, it was one million for every goal conceded. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But... See, and this is the thing. When you hear about little things, like, for example, I, I'm still new to this league. So when I hear about certain things, I don't get taken aback by it because it doesn't surprise me. Look at the, the, the background, for crying out loud. I mean, there was a, the, a bomb was set off at Omonia's vice president's home uh, last week, right? You know, th th these, these things don't surprise me. But 
when I hear this club loaned this club four million, and then I heard about a few months ago about the Gazi be the national stadium, the the board being mostly Upwell fans or in inverted commas investors in the club or shareholders or whatever. Again, the, these sort of things don't surprise me. So again, allegedly, Buffer loaned Upwell four million. Whether it was the president lending the other president money for their own personal things, but from what I heard, it was for once there. But again, alleged. So you I'm know, not. I'm not saying it happened. You know, um, technically, if, I mean, if something like this happened, I don't know about the legalities of it because I'm not sure exactly what the Bafos ownership structure looks like on paper. Because I know it was a consortium. Um, there were two other names with the Dubov. So, uh, uh, God knows. I mean, I. I'm not even. I'm not even commenting. But yeah, it's so it's much to un- unpack, isn't it? <laughs> For sure. But since we're talking about Buffalo's on uh, going back to on-field stuff, uh, Valagari six goals already. It's all. It's uh, just we just entered November. Pretty good. Five million price tag on him, from what I've heard. I think it's fair. I mean, it's it's fair, but uh, so the Cypriot League is not able really to command these fees you know because as as talented as a player might be there is like an um a factor of the league because uh for example Zalai when he was at Abolon I thought he was worth uh at least four million uh which you know in in international center back uh under 22 years old uh terms I think it's it's more than fair or or even on the cheap side, but because it's a Cyprus, you can't really say to you, you don't really have power over a player to tell them stay. I'm not selling you. You gotta you know stay and kick on or whatever. It's it's yeah, it's difficult. Uh, granted, if be, uh, because of the Buffalo's ownership model, they might have a bit more power because they're not itching for cash, are they? Uh, and also, I think he has oh, two years left on his contract. Um, so, so it's either that. So you can okay. It, let's say you ask for five, you're not going to get five, but you might get two point five three plus a good sell-on fee. I think that's the big one. If you if you can insert a good sell-on fee in there, then yeah. And just to put a final point on this, I don't want to talk about this too long. Is if you sell a player to like a decent league, you create a precedent. So the next time Bafos unearths Evalagari, yeah, they can say, well, look, you know, we've done this before. We have a good eye for identifying players. Um, so yeah, this time we're gonna stick 500K more or a million more or on the on the price tag. Because again, referencing um, an interview with the Bafos chairman, I mean, uh, finding players and selling them on is their model. It's not like they're going to go on a on a dynastic run to usurp Omonia's and Abuel's league titles anytime soon. So, um, and they they did say East Eastern Europe and Africa is going to be the main markets where they're going to try and and get players first to Cyprus and then to other European leagues. You know, so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope they sell him uh, for because I think it's a win-win scenario. He deserves to be playing in a better league. 
Yeah. And you mentioned African players. Roy, uh, Olympiacos, they've got quite a few of those. And I'll never forget their president coming out at the beginning of the season saying, I'm going to find an African player. I'm going to grow him into this beast of a footballer and I'm going to sell him for hundreds of thousands of euros. And you know what? He wasn't too far off to be fair. He kind of did that with a couple of, uh, of his uh, Cypriot players, but they're doing well in Belgos, aren't they, at the moment? Another club who, as I said earlier, lost a lot of players in the summer. They've replaced them pretty well. And here they are, back to where they were last season. Yeah, I think um, you've mentioned, obviously, Psalpis and Zahari came to Monia, but it was Neofitu, the goalkeeper. It was uh, Sodiriu, the, the defender as well. They had this other wonder kid, the 17-year-old, uh, who went to Belgium, I think. Uh, um, I, I'm surprised I forgot his name. Andreu, I think. Stegios Andreu, was it? I think so. Uh, okay, they, they, they had two good managers last year because Petradis was good and Janeski was good as well. Um, they were close to signing um, Sofroni beginning of the summer uh, they ended with an inexperienced um, manager who was the son of Petragi Senior who was there last year and uh, truth be told um, I thought that it would have been very difficult for Olympiagos to be make top six especially bearing in mind that you know um, Abuel was going to want to come back as well in the top six and Pavlos also um, so up until now okay they're, they're, they're also doing a bit better than what, uh, what I expected um, you know honestly I, I, I thought that Paek and Achna were going to be the weakest links uh, so far okay Achna is but yeah, the rest of the teams, um, I can say the, the differences are not that big up, up till now. And uh, yeah, Olympiakos kept Sarfo, which uh, I think is a very, very good player. Castle has been a good signing, hasn't he? The midfielder yeah. from Guimaraes. Yeah. Uh, I think um, Sarfo can play in any of the top teams of the league easily. And he's at a good age. Uh, Sally, I think there, there's been talk about having um, they might have an offer in January for him as well. Uh, they've got the, the son-in-law of Rivaldo, the Brazilian, was there last year as well. Uh, is it like a number ten? Um, Gustavo. 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 Thank you. I don't know what's wrong with me. Right? Maybe. No, it's maybe. all right. Yeah, I think I think Omonia's season has taken its toll on you, man. Yeah, I, I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. But yeah, Olympia goes is there. It's 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 for for an outsider. This league is uh, is very very interesting, and the fact that it's twelve teams rather than fourteen. Even though, okay, in fairness, last year was interesting as well with fourteen teams. Even though I was against a league with fourteen teams, uh, I think that twelve is. The, the right amount, let's say. Um, but yeah, it's very, very interesting uh, to watch. Maybe the level is not very high, but at least it's competitive. And uh, the element of surprise is there almost every week. But it's still early on, and uh, we'll have to wait and see how it progresses and how it goes on. Hmm. 
All right, let's wrap it up with three more teams, shall we? Uh, Kiri, your team, Abolon, uh, lost at the Gazebi Tormonia 1-0, but bounced back with victories over Bafo and Olympia Goz, 2-0, 2-0. Um, yeah, I- I'm just going to say that uh, my... I- well, I'm, well, I'm relieved to say that my comments on Abolon podcast to podcast uh, were fairly, you know, accurate in that um, marginal gains, very incremental, very, very incremental improvement uh, game to game. Um, I said in the beginning of the season when we got knocked out of Europe that it was way too soon to make, you know, big calls, big major judgments on, on the team and the, and the manager, uh, Zoniger. And yeah, players hadn't settled in, injuries hadn't come back. And I think now, like the last few weeks, the team is starting to, to resemble what uh, the manager wants. I mean, you could see glimpses of it even as far back as the games um, in Europe, but it, it, it wasn't clicking at the time. It was very disjointed. And then the first game of the season against uh, Aachen was terrible, even though the score is extremely flattering to Abolon because of the second half. But it was it was just not very good football. Um, but uh, like for example, the, the game with Ammonia, I watched it uh, by myself, completely uh, away from either friends or, or or other fans, or you know, in a pub or where you know you can get wrapped up in the emotion of the of the crowd. And I don't know, I was I, it just didn't bother me at all. Um, not be, I mean. Obviously, you want your, your, you know, your team to win, whatever. But there was something promising there. I mean, let's remember, it was Omonia away at Gassibi with, you know, despite the problems of the season, there's still, a, you know, um, some good players there. But uh, this, the one, okay, my one main gripe with Abolon, um, which may, is maybe in the process of, of being resolved, there isn't a cutting edge yet. There isn't an easy uh, route to scoring, which obviously is is something to to be concerned with. But uh, there are other things that are promising, uh, and also that they align with why the manager was brought in. We were told that this is a pressing manager. He wants to play, you know, a pressing style of football. He wants to su- sustain uh, attacks to, to retain possession. These things are there at the moment. And I saw them with Omonia and the game before Omonia um, and the game against Olympiagos. Um, so this, the loss against Omonia didn't worry me too much because at least there was some coherence. Uh, there was some possession. Um, Abolon um, broadly was good at gaining back the ball. Um, okay, Omonia for sure could have hurt Abolon on the counter. And as they should have gone 2-0 up towards the dying dying minutes. But against Olympiagos, I saw some good stuff, some good structure. Um, when attacks collapsed, the ball was uh, generally re- regained quickly. Um, there was a good shape. Um, Olympiagos, okay, they had one big chance where Jovanovic um, had to intervene with a really good save. But I don't know, I was broadly satisfied. And we could have scored earlier. Uh, actually, Moore had two really, really good saves in the first half as well. 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm pleased that this. Um, okay, we talked about Girandi before. Who I I really rate, uh, really really rate as one of Gilles's, you know, most. I mean, it's you can't say successful until the season has wrapped up. Uh, see where you end up, but in terms of pure quality on the ball, he's he's up there with some of our uh, best transfers th these um, past few years. But as a surprise, I'm gonna say Cole in the in midfield. He's a really neat little player. He's not an imposing figure. He's not physical, but in comparison with what we've had um, in midfield the last few years, I'm I'm really liking what I see. It's hard to describe him if he's a, an eight or a quasi six. I don't know, but um, he's a he's a nice little player. I'm I'm, I'm liking what I see. And to, to go up front again, um, considering the fact that he's not having as good a season as he had last season, Bitas is still managing to, to um, affect games. He, he hit the post against Olympiagos. And Yanka is showing some promise. I mean, he looks to be like a um, slightly better bench shot, which I'm, I'm happy with that, you know? If it's a marginal improvement on, on a player that didn't really irk me as much as a lot of Apollo fans who, who really didn't uh, like him. I thought he was like um, a serviceable target man with, you know, with a, a use, if, if, if that makes sense. And Dambo hasn't really scored much. I know he scored against Olympiacos, obviously, but he's, he's, um, he's I don't know, it, it, it's such a low bar to say, but he's putting a shift in. Um, as a as a wide forward, so if, if he improves his final product twenty uh, percent over the coming um, you know uh, rounds, I think it it would be obviously really good for Abolon. But broadly speaking, uh, it's the theme is incremental improvements. That's it. Brilliant. All right, let's talk about Abuelo, Roy. Um, we had a good laugh at, at their expense last season. And it seems like the tables have turned somewhat, although they're not doing a lot better than us to be fair. They started the season with uh, four defeats out of five, but they've got two wins out of their last three games. They got a two-all draw against the Docks at the weekend, which I think they were a little bit fortuitous, uh, thanks to the own goal at the end. Um, do you see anything different about Abuel, apart from their seventh position? <clears throat> seventh position, apologies. Um... We, we mentioned that uh, there's no doubt that uh, Abuel has signed some good quality players, uh, individually very good players, most of which um, play up front and uh, they would struggle defensively, um, especially the back line, because in defensive midfield, if you consider uh, Danilo and Souza, as uh, and uh, Dausvili, I think that's a, a good trio there, and uh, that should should do enough. I think they're lacking um, the quality in the back four, and additionally, they they had some players injured as well. I don't think that Sofronis Augustis is the right manager to fix the defensive um, sort of mechanism of the team. But nonetheless, uh, they, they are a team with a lot of quality. And um, 
I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna bounce back. I mean, they already got uh, seven uh, points out of nine the last two games. They won two and they drew against Doxa. So they're already showing some signs of uh, coming back. And uh, now I don't know where the roof of that team is. I I believe that uh, Apollon is better than Abuel for sure. Ael um, is, is, is a bit more competitive and a bit more of a, of a team, even though they might lack the quality that Abuel has. Uh, I think uh, they're better. Ike, as we mentioned earlier, so far uh, deserves to be top of the league. So I don't see what I can't really tell what the roof of Apoel is. It's a, it's a question mark for me, even after eight games they've played. I don't know if I, I doubt that they can have like it, they can go on an unbeaten run, like let's say the one on one I did last year and uh, go on top of the league. But, um. Yeah, they're they're gonna be there. I don't I don't I don't think they're gonna have as bad season as the one they had last year. Don't forget there's a transfer window in January as well, where all the teams can uh, fix any let's say problems or you know improve uh, the lines where they need to. Even though I I don't believe the transfer window of January is the best especially when you're not willing to, to spend money. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. For me, Abuel is still a question mark. It's still a question mark, is what I believe. Great. Can I just quickly say something? Sure. Um, just like something very interesting. Abuel's top scorers, Andreas Caro, centre-back, Souza, okay, midfield, who's, who's been one of their standout players. And then it goes... Everyone with one goal, Vlasic, centre-back, Zambala, left-back. And then you've got Kvilidaya, Nadel and Okiashvili with one goal each. So this is, you know, uh, Roy said uh, Sofronis uh, might not be able to fix the defensive structure, but it doesn't seem like the offensive one is clicking at the moment either. The only thing that I noticed that Sofronis has increased, and I'm, I'm not uh, discrediting it, discrediting it is like a passion uh, t- type thing. Like they seem to be at least wanting to win. And it seems like the prospect of not winning is a driving factor for them. Like the last um, 20 odd minutes against uh, Voxa, they, you know, they, they kind of went for it. But I mean, what going for it means it might not be much at the moment, but at least they seem to be driven if 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 anything else but uh i'm not sure if this was worth firing bursa over yeah. he was playing much better football he was playing a much better brand of football for him 100 percent. that was a that's still a characteristic of of sofronis uh in all the teams he played okay i don't know if he managed to do that with Ajax, but with apollon you you always see the passion and how he lead the game, and it's natural. But another factor that I don't I don't know if it's might be a bit too early to say is that they they have the strength and conditioning 
coach uh, Omonia had for three years, Papadakis, and that might play a role after almost two months of him being there. Maybe the results of that starting to show as well, because to want to compete till the end, because sometimes you might want and uh, you can't because your body won't follow. So maybe uh, they're doing a good job there as well, other than obviously the fact that, you know, the passion's there, the determination's there, the refuse to lose or wanting to win mentality is something that maybe um, Sofron is instilled to the team. But again, uh, for me, Abuel is a big question mark. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree. I mean, do, do you see, do, does anyone of you guys see Abuel like going on a beach run and you know, top two no. or three? No. 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 So we agree. Yeah. And, and, and we wish the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, boys, I mean, go on, carry on. No, I was just going to say, uh, no one has shown any real consistency other than Ayek. Uh, so, Abuel is kind of like uh, following the, the league's uh, theme this, this year. The good thing is everyone is taking points of each other apart from Ayak. <laughs> That's the only thing. But yeah. gentlemen, let's talk about two teams, right? You, Roy, you said the words question marks and there are alarm bells, exclamation marks, question marks over Anorthosy and Omonia. Not so much Anorthosy at the moment because they go good victory at the Ghazibi against Omonia in a game where it actually wasn't Omonia's worst performance. I think the defeat against Bayek was Omonia's worst performance this season. But then again, we're, we're talking about, well, which was Omonia's worst performance this season? Because there have been so many bad performances overall. We don't exactly know where to begin. But Kiri, as, as an outsider, because Roy and I have the No Choftis podcast, which obviously we, we, we talk about Omonia every game. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier and he said to me, what's going on with Omonia? And I listed the things off the top of my head. And if I read them all out to you, it would kind of make sense as to where it's going wrong, but you wouldn't be able to pinpoint exactly where the problem lies. But the fact of the matter is, Omonia, the champions, we sit 10th in the table, two points, or sorry, two places from bottom, five points above ethnic goal. But at the same time, we're four points away from the top six, or, or should I say what, three points if we talk about buffer. Um <sighs> What can you say about Omonia season that Roy and I already haven't as supporters? Uh, it's a good question because uh, uh, <laughs> because the fact you fluctuated from extreme rage to absolute serenity <laughs> um, has basically covered a lot. Um, I, I mean, from the outside looking in, I'm, I'm a bit perplexed. Obviously, Roy mentioned the fitness coach who moved to Abuel, but I'm not really. Is that the? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not discounting the background stuff at all. I'm, I'm a huge uh, believer that the the staff can really make or break a team, you know. But the for the drop off to be that pronounced, I'm not sure I can blame you know, that much of a chunk on on the fitness coach. And especially this early in the season. Um, okay, if it showed, you know, if there was a burnout or, or whatever, or because this early in the season, players should be able to just use the nat the, their natural fitness to, to take them through, through games. But 
uh, if I can go through a very quick bullet point list of, of things, I mean, from the outside is uh, key players were old last year and now they have another year on the clock. Um, some players went above and beyond in the previous two seasons and maybe they should have been proactively replaced before they found their true level. Uh, okay, you've, you've had injuries uh, like Asante, who I, I quite liked. Uh, you've had the suspension of Shehu. Uh, you've had some transfers either still bedding in or not being maybe what expectations would have uh, dictated, uh, to be honest. Or like, certain uh, ones shouldn't have even been touched, in all fairness. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'll have to say I'm not a huge fan of, of uh, this kid, uh, mix. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but it's it's a weird one. I'll say if he came into last year's Ammonia, he would have been a cherry on top type thing, but he's not a transformational move. And also, it's it's um it's a weird one where I don't know. I think some players it's not their fault if certain weaknesses are being exposed. My my if I can pinpoint my biggest gripe when watching Ammonia is there is um, disjointedness between the lines. Um, like, it just seems like some plays are either isolated at times, or I don't know. I don't know if it's a lack of not being, um, lack of uh, off the ball movement to provide support. If it's tactic, if, the, if, if they are following the manager's instructions and it's the wrong instructions, if it's a combination of things, if it, if the system needs to change to accommodate the change in the squad, uh, but it it just seems like certain players are, aren't being helped at the moment, um, without excusing them, you know, fully. I like I this guy. We should get him on no trust list. He'll <laughs> give it'll give a more balanced view. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a it's a weird, but but again again I'm. <laughs> Again, from the outside looking in, I mean, how many years was Omonia without a, a league title until last year? Ten. Eleven. Like for me, anything above relegation, I'm not touching Henningberg. But and that, I mean, obviously it's not my team and it's not affecting my my happiness during during the season. But you know what I mean. I mean, for me, I I, I would give him a lot of leeway. But granted, I don't know what's going on in the background. Because a thousand things might be happening uh, that I'm, I'm I'm not privy to. Well, do you know? I, I, let me just read this list quickly, right? Very quickly. Um, change the strength and conditioning coach in the summer. Uh, the new bloke came in from Offie. Players were dropping like flies. Then he got sacked. A lot of the new signings didn't have a preseason. Um, the European campaign has obviously had its effect on us, which it did last season as well, especially at this stage of the season. Not replacing Lufthansa and Thiago, absolutely criminal. Um, the club made over 13 million euros from European exploits last season. I don't even think a million has been spent on players this summer. Um, the system, as you mentioned, is predictable. I don't think players are doing their defensive job properly. Um, a few players are injury prone. Mix being one of them, I think he's too scared to get injured as well. That's another thing. Um, a couple of players have got serious family issues from what I've been told. Um, I think the issue of contracts not being done quickly as well is another issue. We've got how many players out of contract in the summer, Roy? 12? 10? 
you know it's quite it was i think it was uh, 14 but we signed uh, we renewed pana uh, jan and kiriagidis uh, 11 now 11 yeah um we still need the number 10 which is glaringly obvious um we had the issue with the vice chairman the other week or the vice president having his something the explosion whatever um there's uncertainty over the the ownership of the club because apparently the the deal is going to go through we don't know whether that should affect the players or not is another thing i don't think it should in all fairness um and certain players being told they can leave after the window closed oh huh. so you know again there's so much Oh, there's, there's so much, but at the same time, I think it just goes back to what you said about tactics and everything. And the one thing that Roy and I have been discussing on, on the No Shofters podcast, which is a pattern that's emerged so much, is that on transition, we're not quick enough going forward. Players aren't moving into spaces. I'll give you an example. The loss against Anorthosi. Loizo is being played wide left. And while he's a fantastic prospect, you can't play a lad that's 18 years old five foot nothing expecting to play with his back to goal because he hasn't got a right foot and you're playing him on the left-hand side as an inverted winger. Jan Lesiak is getting forward looking for that pass. The lad is trying to drop deep. He gets clattered. He loses the ball. But I think the main issue for me right now, apart from that, is, as I mentioned earlier, not replacing Thiago because he was key giving Lesiak the, the license to roam forward. Because whenever you see Jordi, you see it more frequently now, Jordi gets the ball on the left-hand side of the, the centre midfield and he looks up looking for Jan. Jan's like, should I go? Should I not go? Because I've got no one making the diagonal run to create me that space. Again, watch the No Choftes podcast on YouTube and you'll see all of our rants. Um, and I think I've said way too much about Omonia than I already have done before. I don't know if, Roy, you want to add to what we've said. Because we could do this. It sounds like an ammonia podcast again, isn't it? <laughs> I, I I like uh, Curie's approach. What you said uh, is things we we discuss not only on the pod but like on a day to day basis. Uh, you know, it's uh, the snowball effect. We said uh, at the beginning. I, I thought um, that ammonia had a first class opportunity this year to widen the gap between the other contenders and maybe go on a run like the next four or five years to win the title for like, I don't know, two or three times within these five years. Um, but, um, you know, you had, we had to tick some boxes and uh, amongst the things is the team that was successful the last couple of years should have played at the, if not a better level, but uh, close to the top level as they did last year. And I thought that if we played our cards right and we added into the existing squad, uh, two or three key players, uh, top-level players, we, we would have been better. Uh, in all honesty, even the most pessimistic fan of Omonia probably didn't expect us to be second from last uh, at this point because uh, something I've mentioned on the Trofters pod, uh, podcast is that last year in 36 games, we, we had three losses and now already in seven games, we've got four. And that's excluding the European games. We scored five goals, which one of them was a penalty and the other one's an own goal. We don't create much. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to start repeating the same things that you guys mentioned earlier. Um, but, you know, uh, in fairness, 
I did believe in the team when the, when the season started, even though I might have uh, preferred if we had signed another two or three players, or maybe not even three, maybe two. Okay, because if, if I want to be honest with myself, I have to say, you know, in the summer, I just wanted another one or two players and we didn't sign them. Like a few months later, just saying, you know, oh, I, I need to sign 10 players now. That's uh, a bit hypocritical, even though we're, we're talking about the facts now. Uh, you know, I can't sugarcoat something. If, if the two previous years did not happen with these players and this manager, I don't think anyone would have been discussing if uh, Berg is going to stay there or other players are good. The thing is that we're basing uh, our hope on what has been done in the past and wishful thinking. But at the moment, no one really has done something to prove that uh, we deserve something more. Because even the position we're at now, I think we got more points than we deserve because against Doxa, we, were, we didn't deserve to win. Yeah. Against was they yeah. goal. So like four out of seven points we, 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 we got, we didn't really deserve. And even, okay, against Apollon, I'm not going to say it was unfair because Apollon could have equalized that game. But like you, you mentioned earlier, we, we could have scored a second or third, or third goal towards the, the end. I mean, you held the ball in and around the area. You had some set pieces and all of that. But other than the chance that I think was it Dabo who tried to kick At the, the end, yeah. yeah. I think Omonia missed bigger chances without holding the ball and trying to counter-attack. But anyway, I'm uh, digressing. Omonia... Um, whether we like it or not, this is, these are our players. Even if we, we decide that we want to use all the four options, we have to sign players in January. January is two months from now. So we have to stand behind the team, stand behind the manager, stand behind the players. Obviously, everyone from his special specialization has to work on stepping up and taking responsibility for what's going on in the club. Because when last year we won the league, we said that everyone was equally important, whether that be their strength and conditioning, Berg, Glarku, Darabruzzi, Sokolowski, the fans, the, the players, Baba um, Stavru. So similarly, when things are not going well, you can't just blame one person for what's going on. So we'll have to wait and see. But like I said, Judging from the results and the performances this far, I don't see much of an improvement. Uh, but I'm hoping that things uh, can change. Can I say two very quick things? Again? Oh, <laughs> um, I mean, like the key thing you said, whatever happens in January, it's still, you know, away, two months away or how, however much it is. So the, for me, the two things that I would try to fix if I was Berg, uh, like the most in the most simplified version possible, one relates to the comment that Stell made about uh, Lesiak's, because uh, I, I mean personally, I'm a huge fan of of, of him as a as a left back. Pro, I mean, probably the the best one in Cyprus the last th three years, but. Um, because Burke leaned on him in previous seasons as a creative outlet, 
um, you can't have the thing that Stell mentioned, which is the hesitation on when to make the move forward and when not to make the move, because you feel like the defensive structure and the shape might not be able to facilitate the overlap. So you need to sort that out. And the other thing is you need to um, de-isolate, if, if that is even a word, uh, Chebovic up front. Uh, wait, am I... Is it? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, whoever is up front. Yeah, Shepard. Like yeah, yeah Shepard. Yeah, so I think they... I think he finds himself isolated too too often, and he's not a counter-attacking forward. It's not like you can knock the ball forward in space and he's going to chase it down and dribble past one, two, three players. You know, it's he's not that it's not that profile of, of forward. So you either have to allow him to either provide the assist or to receive the assist from a closer range uh, more often. So I'm not sure if Burke can experiment with some three-five-two system. So either play someone he's closer done it in Europe. to he's done it in Europe, yeah. though. Yeah, but the problem with that is the level of opposition rises sharply. So it's it's one is you uh, inadvertently become more reactive because your your concern is about countering the um, strengths of of the opposition. And the other thing is for the fans as well, it's hard to take um, solid um, uh, conclusions, again, because of the level of opposition. And also kind of stick with it um, and see if it, you know, because my thing with um, with the three is, one, you kind of liberate Lesiax a little bit from his defensive duties. And the other thing is you, at least you try to create a triangle up front uh, with the notion of one of the CMs might be able to roam a bit forward to create an attacking trident, at least uh, at times. Anyway, it's just a thought. I'm not uh, a manager or anything, but it's something to to change things around or mm. at least to freshen things up. But anyway, yeah. There we go. Well, only Berg knows what he's going to do next. And uh, I, I trust Berg. I trust him 100%. I've got no doubt he'll turn it around at him. Right, gentlemen, let's wrap it up with one more team. And uh, we'll be very quick on I'm this. Going, because... I'm going to have to go in like five minutes. That's all right. We'll do it in under five minutes. We'll do it in three minutes. I want to talk about anorthosy. Yeah. Anorthosy. And I'm going to give you this analogy with anorthosy. Roy, you know, when I came to visit you in Lefkosia, right? I was in Strovolo and it took me about half an hour to get to yours. Why? Because there was traffic lights, red light, green light, then red light, then green light. Like it's what's it called? Squid games, right? And I was getting so frustrated because... I'm stopping and I'm starting and I'm stopping. That's been Anorthos' season, hasn't it? It's been stop-start. They play well one week, then they play bad one. It's the inconsistency. But they got a good result against us. Um, what do you make of their season so far, both of you boys? Cup winners, cup I, holders? I I think that uh, Anorthos is um, actually the, the day after we lost on Saturday, uh, I went out for a coffee with a friend of mine who's an Anorthos is. Uh, fan and and uh, I told him you know I, I think that Omonia Achna and Orthosi and are probably the four worst teams of the league this far and uh, he said that you know what actually Anorthosi is, is not that we're, we're so bad we're inconsistent even in in the in the game during the game yeah uh, whereas we we we've been equally bad. Throughout the season, let's 
it, but Anorthosis have, have their spell during the game where they're playing really good, but they concede easy goals. And that's what he told me. He was worried that when he saw the starting lineup with Teletitz and Warda and Husbauer, he thought that they would struggle against us. But I told him we're, we're very slow as a team because he said, uh, I saw some improvement in the defense. And I told him, Playing against Tomonia doesn't say much about your defense because we're really, really slow. We don't have the energy levels aligned. And so if, if you were tested against a faster team or a better team, maybe, you know, you would, you would uh, say something different. But uh, Anorthos is, again, another, another season. Um, they start off with Ketspaya. Um, and even though we said Anorthosi for Ellen or Monia, who were the two teams that managed to keep their, their managers for uh, two, three seasons consecutively, Anorthosi seems to change their team, even though they have their manager. And um, unlike Omonia, who at the moment seems to have some issues, but you can't really point a finger at one person and say, it's his fault. In Anorthosis, things are a lot more straightforward because in, in Anorthosis, Kespaya is responsible for everything. He's either got a technical director. He, no, no one can, he's the one who chooses all the players. There's no doubt about it. No, no one can tell Kespaya, oh, you know what, go sign that player or we will recommend this player. He's like, if he wants him, he's going to have him. So he's the one who coaches, manages, he's everything there. So it's easy for Anorthosis and Anorthosis fans to blame one person because it's one person to blame. Whereas many other like, ah, is it Papastavro? Is it Lachko? Is it this? Is it the strength and conditioning? Is it Berg? Is it, you know, the players uh, uh, a little bit more window big-headed or became, became a little bit arrogant because of their success? But Anorthosis, they have some, some, some good players. They've got some... Um, but I some experienced players, some good players, but I don't see them being there in the top. I don't know if at the top four doesn't get a mess to the series. Apollo, I like Apollo, and then chaos. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing with Anorthosi. It's, I think uh, Roy nailed it. They're, they're inconsistent. Like just, they, they can play brilliantly for 10 minutes, but then they can just fall off. Obviously, it depends a lot on the players as well. Like Lazarus played well against you, for example. But even in the goal you conceded, it was uh, Lazarus played really well on the right, but then it was a, fit, it was a scuffed finish that became an accidental assist. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, a goal is a goal is a goal. It doesn't matter. But you don't see a design there. You don't see anything deliberate, kind of. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very uncertain about uh, about them. Well, they are the uh, team you'd love to hate, I guess. Um, in my book, anyway. <laughs> right, so, look, I, I don't have any like massive issue with with Anorthosi. They, they, they're just, um, you know, for me, they've they created history by becoming the first Cypriot team to qualify for the Champions League, and I give them their respect. But for me, they're like the gift that keeps on giving because Ketspaya is just an utter nutcase. 
you know? And even when he's calm, he just looks like he's going to explode. You know that, that character in, I think he's called Up, if I'm not, no, not Up, there's a cartoon in, um, a Disney cartoon, he's a red character and his head's about to, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I forget which Inside one. Inside Out. Inside, bravo, that's the one. It just, that, just, that just gets fire. That's just gets fire. Anyway, boys, we've wrapped it up. It's been absolutely great doing, absolutely great doing this again. Kiri, Roy, thank you for your time. Before I let you guys go, do you want to pr uh, promote any Twitter, anything? Instagrams? Only fans? Uh, yeah, you can. Only fans. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would be uh, more profitable than a lot of our jobs in Cyprus at the moment. Works for Aris, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, you can, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at Nicola uh, Yeah. Excellent. Roy? Yeah, Roy Noltrofters on Instagram, and then you've got Chase Dell on Instagram. Excellent. That's it for another episode of This Is Mappa. We'll be back very soon, Gobenya. Until next time, adios.